0: Good evening, I'm Christian Esguera, and welcome to this episode of After The Fact where we get to see things more clearly, but we get a better sense of the truth. So let's start by dissecting the news. The two-week hard lockdown in Metro Manila is set to end this Friday. But by the looks of it, the national government will have to make another tough decision ahead of that. Would it extend the lockdown or lift it, despite the rising number of COVID-19 cases driven by the more infectious Delta variant. worse, course, the Lambda variant has also been detected officially in the Philippines, a case of a local transmission. Tonight, we'll assess whether the national whether the enhanced community quarantine is working, but we'll also check on the flight of our health workers who have been working round the clock since the start of the pandemic, but have not been receiving enough benefits for their service. Now, be part of our discussion. Send your questions and comments in our YouTube live chat or keep us using the hashtag ANCAfterTheFact. Joining us tonight is Father Nicanor Ostriaco. He's a member of the Research Group. We're also joined by uh, Ms. Maristela Benohar of the Filipino Nurses United. Good evening and thank you for joining us on the program.
1: Good evening, Christian.
2: Good evening, Christian. Good evening to your followers.
0: Good evening, Maristella.
2: Good morning. Uh, good evening, Father.
0: Okay. Good evening. First, uh, let's talk about this uh, two-week lockdown, which is set to end on Friday. We're not that sure whether that will be extended. All uh, or, or will be extended with, extended with certain variations. I'd like to ask first, Father Nicanor Ostriaco, uh, is the two-week lockdown working so far?
1: Hello, Father. I'm sorry, I, I, you broke up, Christian. Can you repeat your question? Okay. Uh, is the two-week lockdown working so far? So based on the data from the April ECQ, it takes about 10 days before the ECQ is able to permanently reverse the surge of cases in the NCR. So in fact, if the ECQ is working, we will know today or it reflects the testing on when on saturday and sunday so we will know by by wednesday or thursday uh unfortunately the trend for the past few days seems like it continues to increase and certainly Well, in it's the limiting factor, it's the nurses, as we saw in the April surge.
0: Okay, but so far, how do you explain the uh, the surge? Because uh, the, the line was breaking a bit there. I'd like to ask the, the recent surge that we have been seeing. Uh, for, the, for, for two days, we saw more than 14,000 new cases. How do you explain this? So
1: unlike the previous surges, uh, this current surge is a countrywide surge. So if you look at April, uh, March and April, 90% of the cases were from the NCR. But uh, right now, what you're seeing is that 60% of the cases are from the NCR. So it's it's really countrywide. And so you have to look at two separate pandemics, the pandemic in the NCR and the pandemic in the rest of the country. And the ECQ, of course, for the most part is just in the NCR. and that continues to rise. We're hoping it will be it will break, the surge will break this week. Uh, with the rest of the country, you're still seeing an increase especially in the regions around Metro Manila. Uh, and that of course is always a concern.
0: Okay, first uh, before I go to Ms. Barista, I'd like to ask Father Nick uh, regarding this uh, this terminology uh, that is often used the the cases the increase in cases that we have been seeing is it uh, correct to uh, refer to them as a surge because I think uh, the DOH is quite careful about that for all so intents and purposes the, this is a surge is that correct yeah
1: so one one of the challenges is that the DOH is trying to use technical terminology for, for example, surge or for community transmission or local transmission. And I really, uh, I respect them for that. Uh, There is no global definition of surge. I think one of the things that the DOH has chosen to do is that it has chosen to link the word surge to critical capacity of the healthcare. So you do not have a surge until uh, the H curve rises above 70, which is why in the last few days, the DOH has said a surge has begun. But I think for most ordinary people, a surge is a a, a rapid increase in cases, and that's what we've been seeing for the past two weeks. So if you use the ordinary use of surge that ordinary Filipinos understand it's a surge and it's a big surge especially because they see it in their hospitals but i think the doh is trying to
0: remain technical does it help for the doh to try to remain technical when if you I think numbers, it's just logical to describe the massive increase in uh, numbers as a surge?
1: Uh, the, the challenge of course is that if you go on social media uh the doh is now the butt of jokes because uh, the DOH's choice of language appears to contradict what ordinary Filipinos, what akaba Bayans are seeing on the ground. And so they they, and this is the danger when you're trying to, you know, when I do my molecular biology, I have to realize to whom am I talking to, and I think the DOH is trying to be technical, but I, unfortunately there is a miss. The messaging is not as good as it could be. And so a lot of people, ordinary people, are looking at this and they're wondering why the language that the, the DOH is using does not appear to correspond to what they are seeing on the
0: ground. Okay, so, so I just want to make this clear, Father Ostriaco. So for a researcher like you, uh, as part of the, of the research group, there is already indeed a surge?
1: Well, and I think the DOH has agreed that the rapid increase we have seen over the past couple of weeks now officially is deemed a surge because uh, healthcare capacity has exceeded 70%. Okay,
0: so there's no need to, to hide certain things or to do certain language and engineering of some sort. There is indeed a surge, okay?
1: I believe so, yes. I think oh. we are all agreed at that right now. Okay,
0: I'd like to go to uh, Ms. Abinohar. So based on the experience of the health workers, in particular the nurses, how are you coping with this uh, latest surge in cases?
2: Well, the latest uh, increase in the number of COVID cases actually can be practically uh, described in the way our uh, nurses are uh, working, uh, actual working in the in the hospital. No? For instance, uh Our nurses are not only now catering to 12 patients per nurse, but already more than that. Uh, One of our members just last night uh, handled 15 patients during her uh, 12-hours duty. And that 15 patients is a mixture of uh, moderate, critical, and severe. Three of them are actually intubated. This is beyond the ideal that one nurse should handle at least four uh, patients, four COVID patients, because in a normal wide where there is no COVID, the standard of the Department of Health is one nurse is to 12 patients, and now they are uh, handling uh, one, 15 patients or more in a COVID wide. So that's really, uh, an, uh, they're really exhausted uh, right now. And also, there is the tendency of our hospitals to increase the number of beds and to open up some uh, wards, uh, turn them into a COVID ward instead of a non-COVID ward in order to accommodate additional cases. But they are not adding personnel. They are only adding the the number of beds. They are uh, not uh, increasing the number of personnel that will cater. So what happens is that uh they are really extremely overworked and be- besides the patient load the working hours um, not no longer eight hours a day it's uh 12 hours or more some even uh, have 16 hours duty especially if their uh, reliever or their the nurse uh, for the next shift is not available because they are on quarantine or they are on sick leave
0: Okay. This uh, this uh, example that you mentioned. Uh, can can you mention uh, where this is uh, where these are exactly happening? Uh, these scenarios that you mentioned, yung are sixteen hours because that's quite uh, unfortunate, no. So if you're going to follow the, the, the standard set by the DOH according to you, twelve hours is even uh, is long enough, no, compared to the ideal. Uh, no no, no. 12, uh, twelve patients per nurse. Is uh, yeah. much more than the ideal number of uh nurse to patient ratio. Is it a having 16 uh, patients or more? Uh
2: the, the 12 patients per nurse is for non-COVID. So we are uh in uh, at present they are handling COVID patients and there is no uh relative to uh support the patients. So our nurses are doing everything practically for our uh our COVID patients. Well, this is happening uh even in uh and see our local government units hospital, or even in a big hospital, for example, like Philippine General Hospital, uh, uh, or in other DOH hospital, we are really uh, understaffed. This is a chronic problem, which until now has not been uh, addressed by the government. Remember, Christian, uh, last year, when I was your guest here in your program, we have been uh, uh, stating the fact that there is a need for mass hiring of nurses in in order to really uh, augment the personnel, given the increasing number of COVID cases. But until now, instead of mass hiring, they resorted into emergency hiring. And emergency hiring is a scheme of contractualization. It's only three months contract. That's why uh, most of our nurses are really um, demoralized because uh, their salaries are delayed and their benefits are hanging. the promises in the bayanihan 2 have not been released so, so far in many of our hospitals.
0: Okay, we'll get back to you later on regarding the benefits that are yet to be received by the nurses. But in the meantime, I'd like to ask uh, Father Ostriaco. So definitely there is already a surge. We cannot deny that. So we're seeing a lot of cases lately despite the two-week lockdown. Uh, but... What exactly is the, uh, are the areas driving this latest surge that we are seeing, aside from Metro Manila? Basically, what is different about this latest scenario that we are seeing?
1: So, as I explained to you, there are, re- in the past, in previous surges, the concentration has usually been in the NCR. But we now have significant involvement of the Visayas in Mindanao in a way that is unprecedented. And Dr. Edsel Savana has reported data that suggests that what what we're seeing now is that there are Delta cases in Mindanao that can be traced to OFWs that entered through Cebu. And so this would be the first time really that the Delta entered through another gateway other than the NCR, which is why you're seeing what we're seeing. We're seeing a countrywide hotspot. Uh, outbreaks because usually it starts in the NCR and spreads, but this time it's actually started in several regions of the Philippines. And uh, genome surveillance data suggests that the Mindanao cases were seeded, according to Dr. Salvano uh, by, by Cebu, uh, which suggests that the le- that there, there were that the borders in Cebu were leaky uh, over the last few months and that triggered uh, the delta surge down there.
0: Okay, so in this case, how do you deal with such uh, a situation? Basically, there are different hotspots nationwide, as you mentioned. Before, when there was a lockdown, I suppose the concentration or the main gateway, as you mentioned, was Metro Manila. But in this case, you have Cebu. So how do you contain then uh, such, so what uh, been- such so situations? E-
1: each one has to be treated like the one we are treating here in the NCR so you have to go into lockdown in these different regions especially because the delta the delta variant is so much more transmissible and so as you are seeing we're struggling in metro manila with an ecq suggesting that the ecqs have to be imposed in other areas where they're experiencing rapid and explosive growth it should be easier in our provincial areas because the cities tend to be smaller so kagayan de has only about 800,000 people so if you if you put that into lockdown it's much easier to control than 14 million in the ncr so and and i and ideally what will happen is the lockdowns will be shorter because the case loads will be lower now correspondingly however the threat to the healthcare system in our provincial areas is also dire because there there are fewer hospitals, fewer nurses outside the NCR.
0: Okay, Uh, speaking of nurses, um, Ms. Benohar, you mentioned earlier that uh, nurses these days are forced to cater to more patients, COVID-19 patients. You you mentioned that the Certain facilities are being expanded, certain wards are built, but they're not exactly hiring more nurses. So, this situation where we see healthcare workers, in particular in your case nurses, being spread thinly.
2: Sorry, I did not get the, the last part.
0: Inga tama ba yung na stretch yung nursing workforce, spreading them too
2: thin. Yeah, they, uh, in, in cases where there is really a severe understaffing, that's the scenario. Uh, they they have no choice except to uh, spend longer work hours and uh, cater to more patients. Um, this is the the usual uh, coping mechanism in the in the hospital. No? instead of uh, hiring additional, they just um, stretch the number of personnel that they have, as you have described it.
0: Is there was there even uh, additional training for nurses to be able to deal with let's say severe COVID nineteen cases? Uh, as I understand, there there should be certain specialization, quote unquote, no, the you know, nurses who are assigned in the ordinary wards, nurses assigned to ICUs. meron special training for for the nurses before the responsibilities were expanded?
2: Yeah. Ideally, there should be a proper training and orientation before they are assigned to a specific ward, whether it is a COVID ward or other specialized units. But right now, what's happening is that they just simply pull out uh, nursing personnel from other wards and put them to the COVID ward, especially if there is a... uh, you know, sudden number of personnel have been absent or on quarantine. There is no more time for them to be oriented. They just simply pull them from the non-COVID ward to the COVID ward, and that's a danger. No, that's a dangerous uh, uh, mechanism because uh, our our nurses are also you no know, uh, are also catering to other patients. You no, know, aside from the the ward that they where they have been transferred. So it's that the infection control uh, training is very important in a uh, COVID management. But uh, okay. even if you have COVID, inf- uh, COVID training and infection control training, if there is not enough uh, facilities, there's not enough personnel, then it will also not uh, be helpful at all.
0: Okay. Earlier, Father Ostrillaco mentioned the, the surge in cases from other parts of the Philippines outside of Metro Manila. And before, I remember during previous lockdowns, the concentration, of course, was Metro Manila and certain health workers were encouraged to to transplant themselves temporarily to Metro Manila. Uh, but, but what is happening uh, nowadays, uh, Ms. Abinohar, uh, what, what is happening to the nurses in terms of recruitment, the emergency hiring, to be able to deal with the surges in other parts of uh, the Philippines other than Metro Manila?
2: Mm-mm. There was this tendency uh, th- there was this um stop up measure that was adopted by the Department of Health um in the early 20 20- in the early part of this year wherein they have deployed they call it deployment they deployed some of the nurses from the key cities not only in Manila but from other key cities in provinces and put them to covid referral hospitals some Even uh, public health nurses in the rural areas were also pulled out in order to assist in COVID referral hospital. But that's not a good decision because they're depriving the people in the rural areas of the uh, necessary care that they should also get. Let's not forget that our uh, Kababayans are also also suffering from non-COVID illness. Marami pa rin po yan. We still have cardiovascular diseases, we still have other infectious diseases, pneumonia, tuberculosis. And if you pull out health personnel from the public health facilities, uh, in a way you put a vacuum, no? So, uh deprived sila of the necessary services. And also th- we heard we heard some uh, stories in the in the ground that in some local government units our uh, local chief executives have resorted into outsourcing of nurses. And outsourcing of nurses means uh, hiring nurses from agencies, from private agencies, and putting them into uh, government facilities. But they are paid as if they are uh, uh, nurses working in private health facilities instead of government facilities, which means their salaries are also much smaller than the government nurses where where they are also simultaneously working no? and they do practice
0: this this is basically contractualization, no? yes
2: contractualization. contracturalization part with
0: this dinadalila sila sa government pero uh, getting the salary, salary of private nurses ibig sabihin nasa baba <laughs> and you are getting
2: my because where
0: from pa to saka saan siya nangyari specifically
2: well um marami na tayong reported cases in cebu Tapos meron din po tayong cases in uh, southern part southern tagalog areas, no? And also in other uh, Visayas LGUs, no? So kinukuha po nila sa agencies yung mga nurses. So mas, mas mababa ang sweldo. So, so it, ang, merong,
0: ang merong relationship is the agency and the nurse.
2: Oh, yes, parang
0: ganoon, yeah. Walang employer-employee employee relationship yung nurse, at saka yung government hospital. The government
2: facility where they are assigned, yes, wala.
0: Okay, we'll get back to that later on. I'd like to ask Father Astrea. Po in our previous conversation, before the Delta variant was officially confirmed based on uh, the, the genome sequencing, uh, you said then that the strategy was to build a wall around Metro Manila. And in fact, you mentioned a, uh, an, a very optimistic, and as far as you were concerned, and Octa research was concerned, a very realistic target as far as uh, achieving herd immunity in Metro Manila. Can I really based on that initial projection mm-hmm. before the Delta variant?
1: So, I mean, I think that the national government continues uh, to push for reaching herd immunity Or at least 70 75 percent herd immunity in the in the ncr plus eight by november in fact i think that's accelerated in light of the delta the question is whether or not with that level of vaccination we will be able to open up in a way that we had hoped without the delta variant so you're seeing that across the world countries with high levels of vaccination are still facing issues because of the Delta variant. So uh, we will be, I think we will be able to attain that level of population immunity. The question is whether or not we will uncouple, so this is the key word now, it's called uncoupling infections and hospitalizations. Because if we uncouple, if we are able to uncouple infections and hospitalizations, and what this means is that the majority of infections will be mild because so many people are vaccinated that in many ways, even though the cases may rise with Delta, uh, we would be able to open up because our hospitals would not be under threat. Uh, This is the challenge. So in countries like the United Kingdom, they have been able to uncouple. And so what you're seeing now is as the cases rise, the hospitals remain low. So, so the hospital occupancy remains low. And so they are opening up, even though their numbers are quite large. In the United States, uh, you have not uncoupled. So in the Southern part of the US, as cases go up, hospitalizations go up because so few people are vaccinated. And so they, you know, we've had to uh, restrict return to masking, return to social distancing. So the challenge is that over the next couple of months, we will see as we ramp up vaccinations, we will be able to uncouple because it's a race between the variant and the vaccines. Uh, We will see probably by October or November
0: but the initial projection of achieving herd immunity by november at least in metro manila and i think the initial stage was to or initial target was to make metro manila delta resistant can can that still be achieved with the well i mean um, the delta the delta is delta here delta, right. Right. yeah but so the
1: delta is here unfortunately and so what has to happen now is we have to vaccinate as many people as possible to uncouple and so what that means is that uh, we will have breakthrough and this is a question that i would love to ask mam abinohar is what are the breakthrough infections like amongst our nurses in the philippines uh, with this delta to you know are the infections because the infections are going up now the anecdotal evidence uh, data that we've heard from some lgu's in the ncr is healthcare workers are not falling as sick as sick as fast as they did in April, so you see, you have an you you in a sense you are protecting the healthcare workers, and that's wonderful. I'd like to know if the nurses across the country are are experiencing that. If this is the case, then if we do the same thing with the entire population, then that will be hopeful. But again, we do not know uh, because different countries are experiencing different. Um, uncoupling scenarios in Canada uh the delta surge has been very 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 low uh in in contrast to the united kingdom with and they have equal numbers of vaccinations so we we have christian we we, we simply have to wait we have to pray and we have to
0: we have to see okay babalikan ko yung, yung targets and then the, and the uncoupling strategy father nicanor but let's ask uh, ms Abinuha regarding that question It's a very important question so far, with uh, with more health workers uh, presumably vaccinated already, uh, what, what what is your latest figure regarding the number of nurses who have uh, have fallen sick or gotten sick with COVID 19? And, uh, kung, kung meron man, unfortunately, uh, those who passed away because of COVID.
2: So official data ng Department of Health this mid July of this year, uh, yung dating 19,000 na ng health workers is now 20,000 plus young health workers and 6,500 mahigit are nurses. So, increasing pa rin. No, marami pa din ang nagkakasakit. Uh, I think it's because they are, because of their longer exposure to, to patients with COVID and also uh, understaffing. No Understaffing. Kaya, malaking factor ito na nandyan pa din yung danger. And uh, in terms of death, uh, according to DOH, there are 25 nurses who died so far of COVID-19. So ito pa rin yung situation. Ang, actually, ang mas masakit din is that uh yung compensation for them who got uh, COVID-19 as a result of their work ay hindi pa nila nare-received. There was this uh, revelation from the uh, health workers from the... University of Santo Tomas (UST) to last uh, August 12 that they had 150 health workers in UST hospital who got positive last year, but until now they have not received yet the necessary compensation for mild and moderate and severe or critical COVID cases. So, ganon kabagal. So, yun yung isang uh, hinanakit ng ating mga nurses and other health workers.
0: You're referring also, of course, to the uh, benefits that they were supposed to get from the Bayanihan 2 uh, law, right?
2: That's right, uh, Christian. Sa Bayanihan 2, they are supposed to get, uh, on top of the Magna Carta of Public Health Workers na hazard pay, they are supposed to get active hazard duty pay, uh, amounting to 3000 per month if they work 22 days in a month. So in a day, ang computation lang yan is about 136 pesos a day. So it's multiplied by the number of days they work. Then they are also supposed to get special risk allowance or SRA amounting to 5,000 per month uh, prorated again. So ang equivalent is 227 per day. And it can compute the sa number of days na nagtrabaho. They are also supposed to get uh, free life insurance, accommodation, meal, and transportation which is uh, a total of 38,000 dapat yon from September to December per worker but unfortunately many of them have not received this bayanihan 2 benefits no we had a uh, uh, we had conducted an online survey but just a quick online survey this July uh, uh, mga 3 days lang yan na survey and from our 216 respondents 65% said they have not received the special risk allowance from September to December 2020. While 88% said they did not receive the SRA uh. from January to June of this year. So gano'n ka
0: problema? Red tape within the hospital or the, the healthcare facilities? Or talagang nagkaroon ng, hindi nagkaroon ng disbursement? Where, where, where do you trace the problem?
2: Um, during the dialogue that we had last August 12, uh, under uh under uh, representative Angelina Tan, who is the chair of the health committees HOR, uh there were also officers from the Department of Health, no? and they explained that the the budget was already downloaded downloaded to the hospitals. In fact, if uh I may cite no sinabi, like for instance, uh in St. Luke's daw po uh Quezon City, they have downloaded 18.8 million. Uh, In St. Luke's BGC, they have downloaded 19 million. Uh, In UST, they have downloaded 8.5 million and so on and so forth. But the the health workers who were there from these respective hospitals said they have not received those uh, benefits Uh, until this time. So ang tanong, saan napunta? is it really downloaded and if it's downloaded in did they monitor how how it was uh, released to the health workers because apparently is are they they seem to this seems to be just like uh, parang press release kasi sa reality hindi naman siya natanggap ng mga health workers yun na lang sa usp na madaming na nagkasakit ng covid until this time hindi pa nakakatanggap we have also plenty of nurses in the orthopedic hospital na dalawang beses na, tatlong beses nagka-COVID. And then uh, natatanggap pa lang nila yung compensation for the first time na nagka-COVID during the second time na sila ay nagka-COVID. So ganun ka-slow. Napakabagal po yung releases. And DOH is saying nag na ang pagre-release ng Bayanihan Benefits last June 30. So wala na, no? wala na. Wala na raw mare-release, kasi nag na. But our stand is that uh, it's not the fault of the health workers na hindi nila natanggap. No? So whether or not nag-end na technically yung deadline nila for the extension of Bayanihan 2, they are still accountable to trace where the money is and to really ensure that this money will go down to the level ng mga health workers kasi that's un- ano, unjust. No? Hindi makatarungan na Mayroong pera ang taong bayan, pero hindi napunta sa dapat uh, puntahan na intention.
0: Definitely. And by the way, there's a push at the House of Representatives to investigate where 13.5 billion in supposed benefits under Bayanian 2 for healthcare workers actually went. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break after the fact we'll be right back. Father Ostriaco, I'd like to go back to that uh, strategy or approach that you mentioned before we took a break, the the decoupling strategy. Uh, Of course, this would necessitate the beefing up our healthcare system, in particular, healthcare facilities. But are you seeing uh, enough facilities being built or expanded to be able to make sure that even if there would be surges in the future, there won't be any uh, congestion in the healthcare facilities?
1: Well, as uh, Ms. Abinahar pointed out, it is not the facilities that is the limiting factor in the Philippines. It is manpower. And in the April surge, for example, uh, the NCR reported 9,500 or so beds, but uh, occupancy never exceeded around 7,500 beds. And so you have this 2,000 empty bed gap. And I think everyone has come to understand that that gap is because we simply lack the nurses to staff those beds. And you're seeing that again, you know, it, it deeply breaks my heart that I'm here. Nurse has to serve 15 COVID patients. When the standard of care, the standard of care is one to four for high for intensive care, high maintenance patients like a COVID patient and so what you're seeing now is we spend a lot of time talking about beds. What we really need to talk about is how many nurses are there and where was the government able to increase the hiring of nurses from April to August to augment the number of nurses that we had in the NCR, which was already falling short of the 9,500 beds that was reported on the list, right? So uh, I was just wondering uh, with uh, Ma'am Abinohar, whether or not the number of nurses in the NCR has increased dramatically since the last surge. Otherwise, we will expect that around 7,500, we will reach maximum capacity simply because we don't have enough nurses to care to care for our cababayans.
0: And okay, let's answer that. Ms. Maristella Binohar, dumami by a number of nurses, at least in the national capital region. And number two, pakisa na rin yung, yung concern before the The concern about the hiring strategy of the Department of Health. What would be the best approach to be able to beef up beef up the uh demand power requirements during the pandemic as far as healthcare care workers are concerned?
2: To answer Father Nick's query a while ago, until now, uh, uh, this uh, particular time, wala pa rin po significant increase sa number of uh, nursing personnel. In fact, ito rin po yung uh, nire-raise ng ating mga uh, private hospitals and government hospitals na uh, dagdagan talaga ang uh, nursing personnel. Yung emergency hiring that was uh, adopted by the Department of Health is a three-month, three-month contract. And according to them, no, they, so far, they have hired only 9,000 daw. Pero 9,000 personnel, saan kaya napunta yung 9,000? Hindi lang yung sa hospital, I'm very sure. No? So, deployed din sila sa iba-ibang lugar. So yung in terms of yung sa mga ospital ngayon na nasa saturate na, napupuno na, um kailangan talagang uh baglaan ng personnel according dun sa ideal, no? Like in ICU, dapat isang nurse, isang COVID patient, isang ano, hindi pwedeng uh tatlo o apat na patient, lalo na kung critical no? Uh, and severe. Uh, sa COVID ward naman, hindi naman tam- tama na 12 patients or more ang handle ng mga nurses. Dapat yan around 4 or 6 lang ang maximum na hinahawakan nilang COVID patients. So, uh, kailangang aralin. Kailangan aralin ng uh, Department of Health yung uh, pangangailangan uh, in our uh, actual no, ng mga health facilities. At yun yung kunuan, dagdagan, no? Kasi like, for instance, sa isang uh, private hospital dito uh, sa Manila, meron dati po, ano lang sila, uh, 50 plus yung personnel nila, but according to the chief nurse, 17 na lang sila ngayon. Kasama okay. pa doon sa 17. Okay. Okay.
0: Tama sa ba yung nakikita na nating problema, Ms. Abinohar? So, men and nurses are reluctant to actually participate in this emergency hiring program by the Department of Health, number one. Siguro, on yung fear of exposure, but we know, uh, that is part the course and healthcare workers are very much willing to take on that challenge but the more serious problem is is this correct to 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 presume this uh is that the lack of sufficient benefits that would that that should be given to them if they take on this challenge you That's problema, benefits
2: Isang ang pasahod, number one Napakababa ng sahod din ng mga nurses natin dito. For nurses working in the private hospital, uh they are obliged to the, the the private hospital owners are giving them only according to minimum minimum wage law which is 537 a day. So yung 537 a day in a month that's 11,814. Can you imagine saan, ta, ta, saan uh, hanggang saan no ang kayang sagutin ng 11,000 yon. kung sumunod doon sa minimum wage daw pero kalakhan hindi sumusunod so meron tayong uh, maraming nurses anti lang po ay 8 to 10,000 a month so kung may pamilya sila may mga dependent sila hindi na hindi na kayang mabuhay basic survival hirap na hirap na no para sa ating mga private nurses remember we have more private hospitals than government hospital uh, we have 1,072 DOH-licensed private hospital. And we only have 66 DOH hospitals and about 700 plus na LGU hospitals. So uh, ang layo ng gap ng public and private na pasahod. And even in the government, uh, Christian, yung uh, sinabi ng uh, Supreme Court noong 2019 na dapat pinapatupad ang salary grade 15, na entry salary until this time issue malakihan kasi hindi po lahat ay uh, nagpapatupad dito sa ating bansa merong dalawang klase ng nurses in the government regular and contractual yung mga contractual they are receiving much lower than what is in the law now, instead of salary grade 15 they're only receiving salary grade 11 which is 20,000 plus now, whereas yung nasa uh, uh, yun naman pong nasa uh, salary grade 15 na mga nurses, depende pa po yan na mga regular, depende pa po kung ito ay uh, may budget according sa mga LGUs. Kasi when you go outside NCR, pumababa yung uh, halaga ng kanilang, kanilang sahod. Hindi na yan 100%. Pababa okay. na pababa.
0: Okay. Naman si Father Nikenor, Again, uh, before the Delta variant was confirmed, you were warning against the a shotgun approach to vaccination. Uh, did you see any improvement now that there are certain threats, or actually, there are surges happening from many parts of the Philippines already? Tiba strategy dati, build a wall around Metro Manila. E nga saan, saan na yung, uh, surges driven by the Delta variant.
1: So what is what is happening now is that the DOH has has set up an alert level, uh, alert one, alert two, alert three, alert four, and that there are certain LGUs that have been deemed alert four, that have now become priority vaccine targets, and this this actually makes sense because you see what is what they are trying to do in this particular case. It's not really shotgun anymore. There's a very specific strategy to try to increase the vaccination rate in that hot spot so that when they release the lockdown uh, there will not be a resurgence the difficulty of course is there is a lag always there's always a lag in vaccination so you know you, we can only vaccinate to prevent the next surge right um and that's the that's the challenge we have but i know that this month there is actually a we're not as worried about the supply for vaccines for the first time. Now it's a matter of administering the vaccines and increasing the jabbing rate across the country. There still is a focus on the NCR plus 8. There still will be an attempt to protect the NCR plus 8, to protect the country from other variants. But as we discussed, Christian, the last time I was on your show, the Delta changes everything. It's a game changer. And you're seeing that here right now. Uh, we're trying to really constrain it. Uh, the Lambda, you know, people are talking about the Lambda. The Lambda was detected. Uh, there is data that shows that when you put the Lambda and the Delta together, the Delta beats the Lambda. So if this is the case, if the Delta beats the Lambda and we're still waiting for confirmation of that, then the Lambda will struggle to spread in the Philippines because the Delta is already here. Year. So if the delta, if the lambda had come first, aye, that would have been a problem. But now that the delta is here, uh, it, we, if we work to contain the delta, we effectively will, will contain the lambda as well, because the lambda is not as strong, according to some recent uh, preprints, uh, as the delta. So the delta really is our our enemy at the moment, and hopefully we will be able to to uh, conquer this in the next couple of weeks.
0: Okay, I remember in our previous conversation, you said that uh, vaccines are not a good approach to deal with current surges. So in this case, if you roll out more vaccines, increase the vaccination, the daily vaccination in hotspots where there are existing surges, what help would it do? What good would it do to deal with that current surge? So the
1: only way this would help is that if you're able to reach significant population immunity while you are vaccinating like crazy. So this is why in the NCR, they are targeting 50% by the end of August, right? So, so the hope is that we will be in ECQ, they will continue to vaccinate, we will, we will start to, un, to un, uh, unlock, we will, we will start to open up. And because of these significant increases in vaccinated people, um, as the virus begins to breathe, uh, it encounters vaccinated people. They might not be fully vaccinated yet, but hopefully even these partially vaccinated people have somewhat of a higher protection. Uh, but you're correct, uh, vaccines in principle are not meant to deal with the current surge. Uh, lockdowns are, uh, help, you know, a communi- anything that limits mobility, masks, Uh, All of this is supposed to deal with the current surge. The vaccine is supposed to protect for the next surge.
0: Okay. Now, given the current uh, rate of vaccination that we are seeing now and the uh, rate of infection driven by the Delta variant, how soon or how much longer uh, can we reasonably expect herd immunity, at least in Metro Manila?
1: Well, so the delta, because the delta is more transmissible, herd immunity, actually, the number, the threshold goes up. So for the alpha beta variant, it was 70%. We would have to technically reach 83% or above with the delta. So this is the added challenge because now we would have to... Uh, bring our children into play because our children are 30% of the population. So, in a way that the Delta, that the Alpha did not really worry us, we now have to vaccinate our children in order to attain. The herd immunity that we would need against the delta 83 85 percent so so but we will we will be able to get about 70 percent by november i i really still think that that is attainable and other countries have shown that at that level you have uncoupling so it will spread pa. you will still spread you will still have cases, but they will be milder because most of those patients will have been vaccinated at some level. And at that point, the, the stress on our healthcare workers, the stress on our healthcare system will begin to decrease. And so we won't be so worried about surges in the way we are worried about them now. But really, you know, the next week, this, the next five days, is so critical. Uh, If the cases in Manila continue to increase, if they breach four thousand in the next day or so, it suggests that the ECQ is not as effective as the ECQ in April, and the government would have to figure out how to uh, improve the stringency of the ECQ.
0: Okay. Finally, kay, uh, kay Miss Paristela Benhar, very briefly, because we don't have much time anymore. There was a threat or warning to to have mass resignation of healthcare workers. Uh, what do you think of this? Is this threat real? And what do you think of this happening at this time during the pandemic? Um, I think we should not
2: call it as a uh, a, a mere threat. No, it's a Kasi ano eh, it's a pressure on the part of the nurses no how 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 to survive how to survive in their workplaces given na, um they are not really appreciated uh, their salaries are very low they are not protected yung ganon, uh, their benefits are not really released to them Etc they they think of another option na makahanap ng better work and that their know their, their tendency is to think of resigning from their work this is not meant to trust the government no but uh the impact of that is is on the healthcare delivery system kasi kapag nawala ang ating mga nurses or lalong bumaba ang bilang ng ating mga nurses ang mag-suffer ay ang mga uh Ah no? so kaya dapat makita ito ng pamahalaan yung urgency na magmas mas hiring yung urgency na ibigay yung mga benefits nila hindi naman sila humihingi ng more than no doon sa pangangailangan nila in fact they are just asking for what is due for them according to law and they know we know very well na may pondo so bakit hindi ma-release no kaya so, yeah, uh, hindi naman natin sinasabi na pigilan sila or uh, i-discourage sila doon sa kung nag nila na mag-resign. Kasi ano yun eh, choice eh. Ano nila yun, decision nila yun para mabuhay yung kanilang family. Now the only way to address this is kung kikilos kaagad ang government at i-release yung kanilang benefits at i-ensure na itataas yung kanilang sweldo at mabibigyan sila ng uh, protection doon sa workplace. That's okay. the only way for them to stay.
0: Ms. Baristela Binuhar and Father Nicanor Ostriaco, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Christian. Good evening.
2: Good evening, Christian. And before we go,
0: the detection of the Lambda COVID 19 variant here in the Philippines triggers a slew of memes online. Some social media users believe the Lambda variant is now trying to steal the spotlight from the Delta variant. But others joke the trademark Filipino hospitality is bound to accept all variants. Some users add the new variant will be no match for air purifiers in more checkpoints. Now, Despite the funny posts, frustration and exhaustion were also palpable among netizens as the Philippines continues to grapple with the COVID-19 pandemic for more than a year now. So that's it for this uh, for tonight's episode. This has been your host Christian Sgarra. You can watch this episode again, and I want you to and listen to our podcast on Spotify. Now, for recaps and other exclusive content, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again tomorrow after the fact.